Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The following podcast is going to contain spoilers along with me, just a regular guy, talking about all the things I love, such as comics, movies, television, music, and books. So yeah, proceed at your own risk. Welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, Stephen. What is up? What's happening, folks? Today, I want to talk about an issue of G.I. Joe. This is a newer version. It's it's G.I. Joe number one. It just came out last month, maybe September, possibly. I know issue two came out in October, which I haven't read yet. I saw issue two pop up in my new releases, and I remember hearing about this book. So I thought I'd give issue number one a chance. And so I did. This was written by Paul Aller with art by Chris Evanhouse. And this is a different kind of G.I. Joe. This is, like I said, issue number one. This is a world where, or at least in America, where Cobra has been at war. There's been a war in America and Cobra is winning. And G.I. Joe really is, they don't really use the name G.I. Joe at all in issue number one, but they're more of a resistance force. So it's almost like the roles are reversed. Cobra is the main military force. G.I. Joe is the small, well, in this case, we wouldn't call them terrorists. They are the resistance. So as the book opens, there's like, there's a, uh, the, the front cover shows this kid in a red jacket with the moped, which to me was very reminiscent of Akira with Kaneda in his red jacket and his really awesome red motorcycle. And I kept the, every time I would see that cover, I'd look at it and I'd go, that's not at all Akira. That's a kid with a moped. But it, it really, I, I don't know if that's what he was going for with that cover. It's not drawn in any, iconic way as if any covers from Akira would have been, but that's really what it made me think of. He's wearing a red jacket. I don't even know. He might be wearing red pants. I don't think so, but he's wearing a red jacket with his red moped. We, we see him from the back. He's, he's not facing us. Uh, we, we see him from the back and he's looking at a wall in the background and on the wall in the background are two wanted posters and on each wanted, on, on each one, one has Duke and the other has Scarlet. 
So as the book opens up, this kid, he's, he's like a young guy. He's probably in his 20s, 25 maybe. He is out on the street. He's, uh, it's like he's, he's in this business district. There's a, a shop next to him. He's getting ready to enter the shop. And then Duke comes running by, just full sprint, knocking people out of the way. And as he runs by this kid, he, he throws what looks like a wad of paper into the trash can, into the public trash can there on the sidewalk. Well, right behind him are a handful of soldiers, but they're in full, they're in black. They're wearing helmets with face shields. You can't see their faces and they're chasing them down. And so the kid goes after him. He wants to see what happens. And they, uh, they catch up with Duke and Major Blood is there, but he doesn't look like Major Blood. These, they, they're not, they're not wearing their, their outfits like they, nor, like they do, you know, they're not the action figure versions of these characters. Major Blood is there. Duke's on the ground. He's getting ready to surrender. He reaches behind him. He's going to pull a, uh, John McClane from Die Hard. He has a gun on his back. And as he's going for the gun, Major Blood shoots him in the head and kills him. Within the first couple of pages, Duke is shot and killed. I just, I mean, I, I look, I got that, I got to that part and inside, inside, I didn't say it outside, but in my head, I just went, whoa, you know, they, they shot and killed Duke within the first few pages. So the kid goes into the shop that he was going into originally. He works there. He's a delivery boy. And the guy behind the counter makes some comment to him. What's going on out there? And the kid's like, ah, you don't want to know. And he's like, well, here's your delivery. And the kid makes a comment about how when they were running stuff, they, they had, they used to have more deliveries when they were running stuff for the resistance. And the guy behind the counter is like, well, yeah, we don't do that anymore. It's a different time now. You know, he kind of alludes to the fact that either Cobra is winning or they're about to win. It's like Cobra's in charge now. We can't, we can't be doing that kind of stuff. And so the kid leaves with the package. He puts the package on the moped. He goes to the trash can. He finds the wadded up piece of paper that Duke threw in there and opens it up. And there's a flash drive in now, in there. Now he may have done this before he goes into the shop. I don't remember. I only read it last night, but he apparently he makes his delivery because he's back home and he's checking out what's on the hard drive. And then a woman creeps in through his window and it's Scarlet. And she tells him, you know, she's there to get the hard drive. And he says, well, I saw what was on it. That's their new communications building or something, right? You know, or are you guys going to take it out? Are you going to, are you going to attack it? And she says, it's, it's just better for you to, to, to forget this ever happened. He goes, no, I want to help you. And she, she says, she's basically, no, you're not going to help. Forget this ever happened. And she leaves through the window. Well, then we go to this building and there's a couple of Joes outside and, Roadblock is there, and then some dude, I can't remember his name. I thought he was Dial Tone at first because he's wearing a freaking beret, um, but I don't remember his name now. It's not Dial Tone. There's, and then there's a couple of them inside, and they're on, they're on a mission. One of them, I don't remember any of their code names, but one of them is trying to uh, access something with her computer. And Roadblock and the other guy are outside, basically just they're, they're the lookouts. And suddenly here comes this kid with the red jacket on his red moped, and he's speeding towards the building. Roadblock pulls a gun and the other guy says, no, he's not Cobra. It's just a kid. And in this kid's hand is a Molotov cocktail. He throws it at the building. Alarms go off. Fires everywhere. Alarms go off. Cobra soldiers come out. And it's the same. It's the, it's the all black 
with the helmets and the face shields. So they even the Cobra soldiers don't resemble, you know, the cartoon slash action figure original, you know, when I say original, of course, we're talking about the 80s. We're not talking about the original, original G.I. Joe. And at one point, Roadblock is wrestling around on the ground with one of these soldiers and he shoots the soldier and dies. And Roadblock is just, he's just aghast. I, I killed somebody. So this is obviously his first firefight. Well, the two that are inside, they have to come out. They can't finish their mission. They take the kid with them and he's like, they're like, you're going to have to come with us, dude. And the kid's like, yeah, I get to join up. And they punch him in his face and knock him out. So he wakes up and he's tied to a chair. He's got a blindfold on. Scarlet comes up behind him and she calls him Tiger. And instantly he recognizes her voice and he's, it's you, it's you. Great, great. Come on. What are you doing here? And she pulls the blindfold off and she tells him that he did a really dumb thing. And as she's talking to him, I, I, if I can remember correctly, you see Roadblock like watching it through glass and he's talking to the other guy and he's really upset because this kid blew their mission. They, they could be listening to the communications. I, I don't remember how maybe somebody was talking to Scarlett before she went in to talk to the kid. I don't remember, but ultimately they were there to tap into Cobra's communications and then be, and then be able to, uh, surveil them and get all this information. But because this kid decided he was, you know, he wanted to become part of the revolution. He wanted to do something. I believe there is at one point before he does this, he tells Scarlett something like, or, or maybe it's after she leaves. He says, nobody's doing anything anymore. It's like, we've all just laid down and, and just accepted this, this thing that's happening and nobody's doing anything anymore. And he tells Scarlett when she's there again, I don't remember if it's, I think it's when she's there at his, his apartment that he wants to join, he wants to be a part of it, that um, his boyfriend was massacred at some battle. He mentions a, a city, I believe, and it's it's obviously something that strikes a chord. Everybody remembers what happened at this city and this, this major battle. Kind of like he would say, he was at Gettysburg. He was there. He never made it out. And his his parents, I think, were there as well. So his parents are dead. His boyfriend's dead. Nobody, nobody that he cares for is left alive. He wants to do something. And she basically tells him no. But now he's in. And she basically tells, okay, well, you know, we got no choice now. You're part of us. You're, you know. And he goes, great. My name is. And she stops him. And she says, no names. From now on, your name is Tiger, which I think is kind of weird. I don't know. Uh, but she starts kind of introducing him around when General Flag shows up. Now, he... He's like one of the few, uh, oh, it was Stalker that she was talking to. Stalker was telling her, I can't believe this kid. He ruined the entire mission, you know. So there are a couple of military folks within the resistance. Like Duke was one. Scarlet, they hint at she's one. Stalker, they hint at she's one. And then there's General Flag. But the rest, most of them are civilians that they have recruited to be a part of the resistance. And now they've, now they've brought this kid in. Well, General Flag comes in and he is very upset and he gives an announcement that he doesn't want to give. And that's, he is still part of the American military. And he basically tells them, we've been given orders to stand down. And everybody says, is the war over? Did we win? And Flag says, no, we surrendered. And that's how it ends. Issue number one ends. Cobra has now won. They are in control. And so the book, the premise of the book then is, Instead of G.I. Joe being a, you know, a covert military team that defends America against this terrorist group known as 
Cobra, or I guess they defend the world. G.I. Joe is the code name of the American Special Mission Force. Gosh, man, I used to watch. Why can't I remember that? G.I. Joe is the code name of America's Special Mission Force. Its purpose to defend freedom against Cobra, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. I know I got some of that wrong. Don't at me. What does that mean? Anyway, so instead of that, now we have Cobra. We have a world where Cobra is in charge. And we don't know if it's just America. We don't know if they've taken over the world. We don't know at this point. Well, I'm assuming it's only America, but it may be the world. It's possible. One of the dudes, the guy with the beret, is a uh, like a freedom fighter from the Middle East. But he's come to America and he's a student teacher. So it's not like they... I, I don't know. I, I believe at this point it's just America. I'm sure we'll learn as 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 the we read more issues. And then G.I. Joe is a uh, a small resistance force made up of mostly civilians. I like it. I think it's a very interesting concept. And the art the art took a minute for me. The art style is kind of I don't know how to describe it. It's like I don't know if you've watched Star Wars Resistance. I think that's the name of it, the cartoon that's currently going on right now. I haven't watched it yet. I've seen screenshots on websites where they're taught like uh you know the new episode of star wars resistance is out and i look at the screen when, when i first saw i think i watched a trailer but i first the, i was not into that art style at all and that's kind of what this guy's art style reminds me of a, a slight bit like really thick black lines kind of very clean animated i don't really know how to describe it but it reminds me of the star wars resistance show and i will say that the more i'm seeing the more screenshots i'm seeing of star wars resistance the more i'm really starting to like the art it's like it's, it, it it had to win me over and i think that this guy's art kind of did the same because i know the first time i read about gi joe number one and i thought this is a really interesting concept and i looked at preview art i just said ah that's not for me so when I saw issue number two had been released and I thought to myself, I remember reading about this. Wasn't this something that you wanted to check out, big boy? I call myself big boy. And so I looked at the preview art in Comixology and I went, oh, it's this one. And I was, they, they get, you got like three pages and I was looking through the three pages and I thought, well, I don't know, this kind of, this is kind of appealing. So then I went back and looked at issue one and I looked at those preview pages and I thought, I, I think I could get into this art and issue number one was cheaper than issue number two. So I, I just told myself, buy issue number one, read it. If you like it, then get issue number two and then we'll go from there. And I read issue number one. I enjoyed it. The art grew on me really quick, really enjoyed the art. And I think it's a really, really interesting concept that I, I'm really looking forward to exploring each and every month until I can't afford it and then I'll stop. I grew up on G.I. Joe, my first comic book, the first comic book that I purchased. And when I say I purchased, I mean my father purchased for me because I was too young. I didn't have a job. But my first comic book was G.I. Joe. For a lot of people my age, G.I. Joe, which was being published by Marvel Comics at that point, I think for a lot of people my age, because it's true for me, G.I. Joe was kind of the gateway into comics. And that's definitely definitely the way it was for me. Now, I came into G.I. Joe when they were about 30 issues into it, maybe 20 issues. And I know that I tried as I as I got older and I was collecting regularly and because I had a job. I tried now and again to get back issues, 
but I never got a complete collection of back issues. And I recently started reading the the classics, the G.I. Joe classics, because I believe, I'm fairly certain, I'm about 99.999% positive that IDW owns the property now. It was Marvel Comics, and then I think Devil's Due owned it for a bit, and now IDW owns it. So those G.I. Joe classics are being published by IDW, and they're really weird to read when you get to the covers to each individual issue because they've had to remove the Marvel Comics part off of it, off of the cover. So that's kind of weird to look at. It's kind of like those old Wildstorm image books. Wow, If you look at a issue number one of Wildcats digitally, it's got the image portion removed and DC is put in instead. And it, it, they didn't do it very well, I don't think. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is, while this book doesn't really hit me with nostalgia because it's not the G.I. Joe that I grew up with, it's nice to be reading a G.I. Joe book again because that's where I started. Sometimes you can go home again, but the home that you were originally in, is it's been demolished and built differently. That was not at all deep. I'll talk to you later. Be nice to each other. Just Another Fanboy is a presentation of the Stephen or Else podcast. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at stephenorelse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash stephenrorr and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show about whatever crawls its way into my tiny little mind just moments before I tap record. You can find me on the World Wide Web at stephenorelse.com or find me on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at stephenorelse. I also encourage you to subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review, and share this episode with a friend. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at comicspodcasts.com. All links will be in the show notes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park